Let's do it. All right. What's up, guys? It's Ace Coleman here with the Champion Blueprint Podcast. And today's a special one. We have Isaac Bedford on from British Columbia. And this is going to be a special on his YouTube channel. So make sure to check me out at Ace Coleman Archery on YouTube and check out the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Isaac, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I basically like 19 from small town in British Columbia, um, kind of started in archery, I think 2017. Um, more or less it was because I was kind of tired of having to wait for dad to go hunting all the time. So, um, there, you can't hunt by yourself with a gun until you're 18. So hunting with a bow kind of gave me, I guess, five years ahead of that. So that was kind of the reason why I started. And then I joined a local archery club in Williams Lake. And from there, it just kind of turned into an addiction, I guess. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of just gone up and up from there. You know, first year that I started shooting competitively, like I think I only shot two tournaments that year. Um, that would have been 2019. I know I, I kind of got started right before COVID. So it kind of kind of was like I started to get a little bit good. And then COVID just like shut everything down. So that part was really difficult because it's like, I was putting up good scores. I wanted to compete so badly, but there was nothing happening at all. Um, so first tournament that I shot would have been February or March of 2019. Um, and I mean, going into the tournament, I was shooting like 292, 293 area. I shot like 270 something. Um, and then next tournament was provincials or state, I guess, for a lot of you. And I think I ended up, yeah. yeah, Provinces are in Canada, people. Yeah, exactly. So I ended up second at that one. Um, And then the next tournament that I shot would have been spring of 2020. Um, Like literally a week before COVID shut everything down. Um. And at the time I had a really close buddy, like we're, he was from Williams Lake as well. We were like training buddies. Um, he had, I don't know that he had ever lost in Canada. Um, like he was kind of like the kid to beat. Um, I, I actually don't think that even on a national level, he had ever lost. And I was the first and only person to ever beat him. And I beat, I beat him in uh, the BC winter games in 2020. And then when COVID hit, he kind of slowed down on shooting. I sped up on shooting a lot because I was like, what else am I going to do? Right. Like I was at that point, I was working in logging camp um, way out in the middle of nowhere. Right. So you go to work, you work for whatever, eight to 12 hours usually, but you're in, British Columbia. So there's summertime, there's 18 to 20 hours of daylight. Right. So it was like, I had lots of time to train. So I was practicing for four hours, usually a day. So my scores were just getting better and better. And then it wouldn't have been 
when did they have the World Juniors? It's either 2021 or 2022. I'll check. Yeah, no, I have the have the sweater. So 2021 was in Poland. Um, and that was the first out like 50 meter tournament that I'd ever shot. Um, yeah, like it was the first tournament that I had shot in a year and a half. It was the first 50 meter tournament I'd ever shot. Um, so, I mean, you can only imagine how it went. (laughs) Um, it was, it was a learning experience. That's for sure. I think that year Sawyer Sullivan was just on an absolute streak, right? Like he'd shot, um, he'd shot like a 708. Then like the next day he shot like a 714 or something. Mm-hmm. And then went in Poland, he shot a 714 as well. In the cadet division, I want to say it was like the top eight or 10 guys broke 700. And I shot like a 685. <laughs> right, right. And I was just kind of like, in a way, I was kind of like broken because I was just like, I never competed against guys at that level. I, I could shoot 700 reasonably consistently in practice, but I never had a chance to try in competition. And I knew I could do it, so I put a lot of pressure on myself. Which, I mean, I've learned how to deal with that now. But at that point, that was literally the fourth tournament I'd ever shot. Right? And the first <laughs> tournament in a year and a half. <laughs> right? Wow. So, I mean, it was like... Great experience, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have done one of two things. Like, it would have either destroyed you or made you better. And to me, it just made me want to fight harder. You know? It was just like, I got... I got beaten so bad that it wasn't even funny. Right. Yeah. Like I think I, I made it through the first round and then second round I shot like a 143 or something like that. And I mean that, that got me knocked out pretty quick. I think I, I ended up in like 14th individually. I think, I think overall I ended up 17th. Um, okay. So out of how many people? I don't even remember. I I mean, I think there was, there was at least 64 that went into shoot downs. Sure. So I'm not entirely sure how many, how many people, but what really was my breakthrough was the, the uh, mixed teams. The first round that we had, we shot against Poland and I mean, we barely beat them. Like, my first two shots, I think I shot two eights, mm. right? Just way yeah. out the bottom. And uh, another young lady from Canada, um, I was shooting with her. And she was pretty nervous. I was really nervous. So we made a couple dumb mistakes, like, as a team. But, we, I mean, we barely managed to squeak by. Like, I think as a team, we dropped, like, 16 points or something like that, um, which is, like, an average of shooting a nine every arrow. Yeah. So but mm. the second round of mixed team, we went against um, Turkey. And that's where I really had a really big breakthrough was when we were shooting against Turkey. Because in the whole mixed team event, I only missed, I only shot two nines in that round. And I mean, when I'm, 
when I'm on, I hold for a crazy amount of time. Like I'll be at full drop for 15 to 25 seconds. Right. Like if I'm, if I'm out there just hammering, I'll either shoot for four seconds or I'll shoot for 20. Right. There's no in between. If I shoot a 10 second shot, who knows where it's going to go. Right. Right. I can see Um, that. By the way, you you can man shoot. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's why four to 20 seconds, just let it go. Or you're just going to, you know, make sure your aim is good. Yeah. Either like my pin comes down and it's just like sits there gone. Or it's like, nope, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there, it's there, boom. And it happens at 20 seconds. Like, I either, I have, like, a a one-second window at, like, in between three and a half to five to four and a half seconds. And then I have a window at, like, 18, 19 to 20, kind of right in there. But if I hold for 10 seconds, I mean, who knows where it's going to go. Drive-by type stuff. No, my pin won't even go through the X-ring. Like, <laughs> like, I feel that, quit, okay. like, like you're, like, like that. This, this is how I hold. So I like come down into my shot at like four seconds. It's holding dead steady, and then I just go like this, helicopter around it, and then it just like goes back and sits Damn. at twenty and bang. <laughs> That's hilarious. So... Everybody shoots different. But so, yeah, that was so with the breakthrough. That was really big for me because I was kind of like, okay, you average that out, and I mean that's over a seven hundred score. So I was kind of like, I was content with it, right? And if I didn't have that, I would have been pretty mad with how I shot. But then, like the weekend after I got back from World Juniors, I came back. I literally bought a Matthews like the day after or two days after I got back and I don't even think I had I don't even, I think I paper tuned it and shot like 20 arrows out of it and then went and shot a competition literally like my second outdoor competition I'd ever shot and I went and I shot a 704 with 29 X's um, not bad and that was a really big boost for me as well. Cause I was like, like the, the men's... it's like half, like literally. Yeah. 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 And the big boost for me in that was the, uh, the men's open record for British Columbia was 702. And as a 16 year old, I shot a 704 and <laughs> honestly kind of lucky in a lot of ways because we were shooting right beside a train track. So the train track was like here. I was the furthest guy to the left. So I was the closest guy to the train. Oh track. my gosh. That train's coming by. Have you ever shot right beside a train? Never. Your pins just like going like this because of the rumbling. Right. So that made it almost better for me because I am a command shooter. So it's like, I pulled back and it was like, I have to get this shot off in three seconds. Mm. because when you come down if you're bouncing up and down if you make it one consistent motion you're going to be able to get it in the middle i can see um so that definitely helped me although at the time it didn't feel like it was helping so 
but yeah, that was, that was like 2021. And then really the rest of my archery career has just been a series of unfortunate events <laughs> from there. Yeah. From there, my next big tournament was Vegas, uh, 2022. Um, so I had registered for Vegas 2022. I was ready to go. Like I felt like I was shooting amazing, right? Like that's that I started shooting indoors probably August. Right. And I was, when I first started shooting indoors that season, like I had shot one or two, three hundreds, but I had never even shot a 600. Um, and by the time November came around, like I was looking for my first 30 X and I hadn't shot a nine in three weeks. Right. So I was like, I'm ready. Right. And that was November. And then like January came along and I think I shot one nine in the whole month of January and I was shooting four scoring rounds a day. Right. Um, most of them were, I think I ended at a 27.125 X average. So it was like, but I still, funny thing, I had still never shot a 30X round. <laughs> right. Right. I, I still hadn't done it. I had shot, I don't know how many 29X rounds. Like, but I had never shot a 30X round. And like a week or two before Vegas, I shot my first 30X. And I was like consistent 27, 29Xs. It was just, it was easy. So I was like, finally, I'm ready for Vegas. Get to the airport at Vegas, and I tested positive for COVID. Wow. So I was done. I wasn't able to make it to Vegas. Um, mm -hmm. So that was a pretty quiet drive home. Um, that, that broke me. <laughs> you know, I was, I was so ready that, like, I felt like the 900 was already shot, you know, for sure. But I mean, there's so much pressure, right. And that's something that you don't get up here as well. Like a big tournament has maybe 50 people at it. Um, so that's another hard thing up here. You just simply don't get the pressure. Um, but yeah, that Vegas, man, I, I'm still mad about that. Like, huge setback oh. yeah oh yeah like it was i had literally trained for that shoot since august and just felt so confident i to this day i've still never felt that confident in a tournament like i've i've never felt that level of preparedness since then well um yeah and like i never have for sure and so I kind of went home and I don't think I shot my bow for a week. Like I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even think about shooting a bow. Like I was just so disappointed. So I think the first major tournament in the States that I shot would have been uh Gator cup in, when is that? April? I think. Um, Springtime. I think, I think it's either May or April. Um, and same thing went in there, felt good, shot a 685, <laughs> won my first match.
pretty easily. And then uh, that was when I met Angus Moss. Um, yes. And he taught me how to shoot a bow in that next round. <laughs> um, oh, did he? Yeah, it was like somewhat windy. And he shot a 147, which was like the second highest score on the whole field. And I shot like a 145 or something like that, which I looked at it. I think it would have won like out of 32 matches. I want to say it would have won like 20 of them. Wow. Like it was, it was really weird wind. It was like, there was no wind at the archer. So none of us held off, but there was wind down. So it was like sure. you'd aim in the middle and you'd almost hit an eight. Like it That's was just wacky. It was just weird. And I was like, talking to a bunch of people i'm like is this normal like is it just me and i was talking to tyler heritage he's like no i'm aiming in the middle of the seven ring right now <laughs> i was like oh yeah i don't feel so bad anymore that's scary <laughs> by the way you've never done yeah. that oh my gosh it is it's hard like aiming off um i asked tate morgan about that because he shoots in the wind reasonably well right and and I was like, dude, how do you aim off? He's like, I don't. I just keep clicking my sight until it works. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I can't I aim that. off in life. So he's like, I'll I'll go. I'll shoot like qualification round, and then I'll go back to practice the next day, and I'll be like twenty five clicks off or something like that. Right. He just he just moves his sight, names in the middle, and hopes it works. I guess. For Whereas. Sure. Like, I've heard a lot of people, they just, like, I just feel what the wind's doing, and I aim there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I feel it. But you can't feel it in that situation that you just talked about, so. No, it's, like, there's no wind on the line, but, like, the, uh, what is it? Like, the air sock was, like, straight to the right down yeah. at the target. So, For sure. it's just weird. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about – um like tournaments that you're competing in now and um like what um what you like so tim's gonna hate me for this um i actually love shooting indoors like this honestly. is tim, tim gillingham by the way oh yeah like, yeah yeah tim yeah. is like tim and isaac we're all good buds but yeah tim yeah wow, like, i just ended that um <laughs> No, that's <laughs> yeah. No, I mean T Tim's got a pretty low uh opinion, I guess, on indoor archery, like par par archery. Um sure. I love it, honestly. Like it's relaxing to me. It's easy. Yeah. It's repetitive. I mean yeah. It is. Like it's to me, indoor is all about consistency. Right. Like it's how consistent are you as an archer? I mean, I want to say that archery is physical, but it's really not. Right. Like it doesn't matter how you're built. Right. Like, yes, does muscles make a difference? I think endurance does. Um, but so much of archery is just simply mental. Right. An archer who hasn't barely shot a day in his life, but has the right is wired for archery will start and shoot a bow better than someone who's been shooting for two years who isn't wired for it. Right. And I've seen it happen. Right. I've got a friend in, uh, actually I'm taking him moose hunting 
uh, next weekend. And I don't know if he's picked up a bow 10 times. I don't even think he's picked up a bow 10 times. He shoots a bow better than probably 75% of amateur or semi-pro archers that I've seen. Right? He's just wired for it. Wow. He just picked up his bow and went out and shot. And he's just like, oh, is that good? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do it again. And he did. And he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Those people are are hard to find. Um, I have a good buddy named Hunter. And um, I remember the first time I ever gave him a hinge release, he shot it perfectly, like with the click in it and no instruction. I was like, do you want to shoot this? Like, cause he shot yeah. thumb button before, but I, I attested that it's, it's pretty crazy to find those people. It is. Yeah. Um, my dad's the same way. <laughs> like we were, this would have been three years ago. I think we were up at the indoor range, like after Sunday, after church, oftentimes we'd go up, we'd shoot two or three rounds just at the indoor range. And the one day, like dad was shooting his recurve. I was shooting my compound and I was just like, Hey, you should try this. And he was like, Oh no, whatever. He picks up the bow. I think he probably only shot 15 arrows. I think he only shot one nine. Like the last time he'd shot a compound bow had to been 15 or 20 years before that. Right. Yeah. And he'd never shot like he'd always shot fingers on like, <clears throat> on like a 46 axle to axle bow. Right. Like one of them old, old PSEs is like single cams. Like the cams are probably that big. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like just hurts to shoot. It's like wooden riser with hurts to shoot. Like half carbon, half wood limbs kind of thing. Yeah. The probably doesn't even have limb pockets, you know. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. It was a it was a fixed sixty. No bearings. Like, it has bushings. Not very yeah, it was good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. We talked about this in the shop the other day. But yeah, dude. That's yeah. crazy. One nine out of 15 arrows. So these people yeah. do exist. They do. And I was just like, okay, hey, why am I shooting? Like, we should just be following you around. Like, look at all the money that's in senior pro. I mean, that's not <laughs> that's, that's not even senior yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like right. next year he'd be senior pro. And I'm just like, dude. I mean, if if you can do that, show up to Vegas, like you shoot an eight ninety nine in senior pro, you're probably gonna win it. Like possibly so. Or at least go so, to a shoot off. Yeah. I mean, bring him down and he'll play. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be in Vegas. He'll be in Vegas. That'll be fun. Dude, I gotta meet the old man. So Yeah. But um I've been meaning to ask, um, what's your ASA season look like? This last one, like how 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 was it? Here continues the series of unfortunate events. Um, I think I had four sets of bearings go this year. Um, two sight bars broke. Um, I don't remember what else went, but. That's how my ASA season went. Um, wow. The first one in Foley, I just had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> right? Because it was like I'd never – I'd shot 
one ASA event before. It was in August of the year before. Um, it was the ASA. It was the Canadian ASA Classic. I'd literally gotten back from Africa for a month, uh, bow hunting there. I gotten back, shot my bow for three days, put a sight tape on it, went and won the event. And then I was kind of like, hey, 3D is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> All this game it isn't was, that hard. Yeah, it was like a 60 target round. I shot 56 up and I shot two fives and four eights. Like, I was like, that's, that's oh. good, folks. I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. I was like, I can do this. By the way, that this goes to show that for known 3D, like you don't have to own a bunch of targets to be good at this game. No, no. I mean, you have to be able to have a good side picture and it works. I want to clarify that a little bit. Okay. I don't, I don't fully believe that you don't need any targets. Okay. And okay. here's why. Look at the guys in, um, like outside of the pros, most of the pros have been shooting those targets for five years, probably in known. Sure. If not, a bunch of them shot that longer unknown, right? Look on the more amateur side, like the K50 side. Look at the guys who shot well in London. They're all guys who have shot ASA for the last five years. Sure. Because it's dark. So the guys who don't know the targets don't know where to aim. So, I mean, yes. Do I believe that you need the targets a lot less? Yes. I fully with you, fully with you. But I think when it's dark and you can't see them, that's where the experience of having targets, knowing the targets really well comes in. Cause I got, I got to, uh, to London I was lost like I just pull back and I was just like I don't know like if I if I can't see the ring I have no idea where I'm aiming so London I would just like aim center mass call upper and hope it went well right right because mm -hmm. I didn't have that like Foley bending you can see every ring out there right like right. you pull back and if you've got a good scope set up you can see every ring on the on the course Right. There might be one or two of them where it's like, eh, but you can still make out core line. Yeah, for sure. But London is like all of the guys that I knew who is their first year shooting 3D, they didn't hit barely any bonus rings in London. And I was one of the guys who barely hit any bonus rings because I had no idea where to aim. But all of the guys who shot well on a semi pro side of things um, were guys who had experience. For sure. I, I I can attest to that. Like I, I feel like my target recognition is pretty good. And I've been shooting the targets for six years now, you know, right. and they haven't really changed much. You know, you just have kind of have to learn the new ones and they're kind of like the old ones, right? A yeah. Bit. Yeah. But um, I mean, most of the targets are the same being as like you find the core line, you go down, go a little bit left. I mean, if the animal's facing left, you go core line down a little bit left and you're going to be on that upper 12. Yeah, right. Exactly. Sometimes the angles are a little bit off, but they're, they'll be in the same general area. For sure. But if it's so, dark. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you can't see the core line, 
you're not going to be able to to really make out where you're needing to go. So, yeah. unless uh, once... if your name's Kyle Douglas. Oh yeah, let's not even. He, dude, honestly, he could pull back, close his eyes with a hinge, and, and he could still hit one inside out. Like he shot really well at London past couple years. He really has. Oh yeah. Dude, I was on the practice range with him. It's like almost dark. Like outside, it's almost dark. And that practice range sucks when it's like noon. True. Right? Like it's dark when it's noon. And it was like dusk. I couldn't see a thing. None of us could see a thing. Kyle's still like punk inside out, punk inside out. We're all like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. He's, He's wired different. He's got tunnel vision. Yeah. But, um. Something. I don't know. I, I think he's got but, uh, like night eye vision or something. I don't know. We need to ask him. But um, <laughs> you're printing some stuff right now. I wanted to talk a little bit about what you got going on. Um, I don't know what I can show you guys. Oh, I get. Oh, I don't know if I can. I mean, this was something that I made in about five minutes. That's just a uh, sunshade. You can see that it's like furrowed on the inside. That that was like five minutes. That was just a quick little project. Um, but yeah, like I I do a lot of printing. Um, like like I told you, like I've made all kinds of cool stuff. Um, some stuff that should hit the market on in February. I was originally hoping to get it to drop in September. <laughs> um, but that did not turn out. <laughs> so I yeah. was like, almost had things right. And then I was like, no, that doesn't work at all. So then I just like restarted the whole project two weeks sure. ago. So, yeah. So I do a lot of printing. Like my printer here works probably, um, it's probably running for around 16 hours a day, somewhere in there. Um, just making little things better. Um I haven't really, I haven't really shown off anything. Um, I don't really know what I can show. I'm, I'm not really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't have to show anything. Unless but, it's, uh... I mean, just I can show this one. This is just a peep cover. Um, so basically, it's just got like the, the one end. This is for a hamski. So this is like the, the objective lens side. And then this is like the, whatever the other lens side is called. (laughs) And basically, yeah, that one. And basically you just clip it on to the Hamsky lens or the Hamsky peep and it's airtight on both sides. So that if something like what happened in Coleman (laughs) (laughs) happens again, you won't get water in your peep. The only disadvantage is the moment you get water into it, you put this on, it turns into like a suction system pretty much, and it will fog up your lens. So because of that, I made a system inside of it so you can stick a Q-tip into it and basically get rid of all the moisture out of the inside of the lens. Very nice. That's one of the little things. I've got a lot of other stuff in here as well. For sure. Um, just but, for um, kicks, one day I made a sight bar. Um, <laughs> no, you did not. 
I did, yeah, just for kicks. Um, Like, does it does it work or is it an extension? no, it works. Like, how many pieces did you have to print to build it? Three. Three, three pieces, and you Yeah, mounted so your scope to it. now I made a scope. Um, Oh. <laughs> yeah, so basically what I did was um, I made the sight bar and then I made a system like a elevation adjust on it. Um, this is all made out of PLA, so it's all 3D printed plastic. So I made it so there was no second axis on it because it's like trying to screw stuff together with PLA doesn't work at all. It just breaks everything. So I was just like, okay, make it one system. I'm only going to shoot it for like an indoor round or whatever, just to mess around with it. Um, so I basically made, I made it so there was no adjustment other than elevation and windage. So I made a block that fit into the, uh, the elevation And then I made a scope with the, um, with two pins on the back of it. I basically moved it side to side. Um, and then I made a piece at the back of the lens so that I could, or at the back of the scope, so I can stick a lens into it, screw the piece onto the back of it. Um, so at some point I should make a video on that. That sounds Just like to a great. be like, shoot, shoot a 300 with a 3d printed sight. with no axis adjustment. <laughs> yeah literally just like guys Yeah. don't overthink indoors Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you should. But um I'm going I'm going to do it. So I want to get into some of the problems that um <laughs> you've seen in the industry like with yourself or, yeah um, you know, things that we can improve. Yeah, so I'm relatively new to the Southern um, archery world, right? So this year was my first year of consistently going down South. Um, I think I was at, I think probably 10 events maybe this year down South. Um, I was at all of the ASAs, all the major indoors, um, and then field nationals as well. And one of the things that I noticed um, was being a totally new person that nobody knew. I came in and at first I didn't shoot super great, right? Like Lancaster, uh, my bearings went, I didn't realize it. Um, so I, sh I qualified with like a 639. I went out in the first round and um. I shot like it was my first trip to Vegas. I shot like eight ninety nine with seventy one X's. Um, having never been to Vegas before, I was I was pretty mad because I I didn't I didn't miss The X because count's I knew. not bad. I didn't miss well, kind of. And it's not terrible. <laughs> I mean, you're like I shot bottom of the I bracket, but... I shot twenty one X's on my first round. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, <laughs> but. I feel that. Um, like I didn't miss because of nerves. I missed because I just got lazy, right? Like I dealt with the nerves. Usually nerves hit me for around the first four or five rounds, right? Like you get, you get four or five ends in and then you're kind of like, okay, Okay. I'm good. Mm Right. hmm Like I rode out the wave and we're good. End number 
uh, nine came around and I just got lazy. I was just like, this is easy. Tonk. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. And just sunk one. But anyway, and then I went to like Foley and I didn't shoot super great. I think I made like, I think I ended up in 12th. Um, but then I shot Benning. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up third in Benning. That was the third ASA tournament I'd ever shot. at. And up until that point, everyone that I knew had been super nice to me. Um, like just really nice people, like really nice to me. And then I came third and I was kind of like, you know, I was pretty excited. I was like, man, I'm like the first person that I know of um, in British Columbia who'd ever podiumed um, at a higher level event like that, even in a K-50 division. And instantly I got a lot of hate um, from a lot of the people down south. It was like, it was kind of like, I'm a new guy coming in, taking their check away from them. Right. Hmm. Which I've never understood. Um, I've never understood the some like I've been working my butt off to try and get there. Right. Um, like just one way it was like 54 hour drive to get to Benning. This guy actually drove. That's insane. <laughs> 54 hours to an archery tournament. Yeah. How many stops yeah. did you have? Two. Two. Okay, that's rough. I mean, like, there were two drive. I mean, for, for half of it, there were two of us driving. I mean, the first half, I just drove, what was it, 18 hours straight. Um, and then I hopped in with another guy. And then uh, we kind of traded off back and forth, got pulled over by a cop in Illinois. It was great, yeah. I said we were at Fort Benning. Like, this was on the way back. I was like, yeah, we were at Fort Benning. He's like, no way. I was like a sergeant in the 101st Airborne. And as soon as I said we came from Fort Benning, I'm like, we got out of a ticket. Because <laughs> wow. literally, like, the 101st, 101st Street is, like, the street that you turn off of to get into the grounds at Benning. So we got out of a ticket, but yeah. So right after that, like I got just, I got a bunch of DMS from random people that I didn't know. Um, basically just like, there were a bunch of them that were like, Hey, welcome to shooting archery. Like good job. There were a bunch of them that weren't, they were more like, why are you here? You know? And wow. I, was, I never, I never responded to any of them. Right. Like any of them that were like that, that side, I never responded to any of them. Cause I'm like, what's, what's the point in me wasting energy on that? Sure. Um, Respect by the way. That's, that's super important. So, yeah. It's just like, if it's not going to build me up, it's going to tear me down. Right. And there's no point in dwelling on that. Sure. So, so I, I kind of found that interesting. So I was kind of like, what the heck just happened? And then I kind of, I, I didn't like win any of the other events. Like I didn't say top three, but I was consistently like top six kind of area. I was like just out, but just about in. Sure. Um, 
I think I ended up seventh for shooter of the year this year. Um, and I ended up winning out, which was, I mean, that was my goal for the year was to win out a K 50. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was like the moment that I had won something, there was just something different, you know, and I, I still don't know what it was, you know? Right. So I don't know. I think that that's kind of an issue, you know, cause I've seen it on the other side where there's archers who, um, aren't necessarily as good as they could be. Um, and basically the same response happens to them, right? Like it's, it's like they're, they're pushed away because they aren't as good. But if you're too good, you're pushed away as well. Like until you get into a pro ranks, right? Like I feel like the pro ranks are a lot more like they're there to do their job. Like they're not there to have fun. They're there to compete. Right. And that's why, like, I just started hanging out with those people because I was just like, I'm not, I'm not, here to be a part of the drama i'm here to compete like this is what i want to do right sure so you're taking it seriously right yeah yeah sure. i was just like why and and i didn't understand like why that would happen either i just didn't i just it makes no sense to me at all so so what um uh, if someone's having that issue what advice would you give to that person to um, make sure they know how to deal with it? Uh, it sounds really hard, but ignore it. <laughs> Honestly, um, nope. if, if that's happening to you, you're probably hanging out with the wrong people. Um, and I don't know, try it. I, I think one thing that... Um, needs to happen more is the pros are people right they're willing to help um not not to be overused right but if you've got an issue um they're people right like don't be scared to ask them you know uh right before i went to worlds i had uh texted chris perkins i was just kind of like hey is there any words of advice that kind of thing. Um, how do I deal with pressure? And he was like, just put yourself in this situation. Right. He was like, there's no mental routine that I go through. There's none of that. Just put yourself in the situation. And it's just little things like that, that you can get, but also to learn from the pros where a lot of them, um, I don't want to say that they don't care. Um, but they don't care about the drama, right? They're much more willing to just be there, compete. If you're a cool person, hang out, you know, <laughs> like just go and spend time around those people. And I think that it'll, it'll make you a much better archer. Just put yourself, put yourself out a little bit to those people. For sure. If, if you're the best archer in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah, for sure. If you're trying, if you're trying to get into a um, 
to the professional realm of archery, which is not, I'm not going to say it's not hard, but it is, it can be challenging. Um, yeah. You just, you need to associate with guys that are killing it in space. So, but yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. So, but um, yeah, hopefully everyone's enjoyed this podcast. Um, Isaac, where can people follow you? I'm sure everyone on this video knows but where yeah. where can people find you um instagram just look up isaac bedford archery um facebook i don't know what my name is on facebook i think it's isaac bedford semi pro um and then youtube is just isaac bedford um so yeah it's it's pretty easy basically look up my name there you go uh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and uh, we're doing a special on this podcast where um, if you want to get a discount, I have a program to teach you about archery. If you're a person that's, you know, been in archery for a little bit, but you're like, maybe you're plateauing or maybe you're missing like a little piece of the mental game or your bow setup, just check the link below for a special discount code on my platform and a link to go check it out. So, but yeah, Isaac, thank you for having me on. And this kid knows what he's talking about as well. Like his, your, your, uh, champion archer Academy is it's good stuff. It's got good information. It'll definitely help you out. If you're looking for, for a, a well-rounded and easy course to take, it'll definitely help you out. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. So just check it out. No fluff. If you have any questions, ask us and we'll let you know. So, but yeah, um, that this is a great podcast, man. I feel like people need to hear that um, there can be, you know, some drama. And, um, you know, if you are, you know, in a really small area, like archery is not hard. You just got to show up, talk to the right people. And there's great opportunities. It's fun. So, yeah, that's it for this one. Yeah. Catch you on the next one.